0: This podcast is brought to you by Zeno Mueller, three-time Olympian and gold medalist. Imagine a 20-second 2K PR by the end of this season, or even sooner. Elite rowing coach by Zeno Mueller is a competitive advantage. The erg score is the SAT of rowing, so find out what Zeno Mueller can do for you. Make sure to use coupon 4STARS, F-O-R-S-T-A-R-S, for $200 off on any program he has in his website. Zeno is an Olympian and graduate from Brown University, coached by the legendary Steve Gladstone. He'll get you right, he'll get your 2K down, and he'll be a better athlete after his training. So make sure you tune in with Zeno and get some coaching at EliteRowingCoach.com.
1: It'd be awesome to get out there and and start racing. And we're really looking forward to the season and just show what we can do at Tennessee. On
0: tonight's program, ladies and gentlemen, we have something that's going to make you sick. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Four Stars podcast. We are here today with Kim Capini. She is the head coach of the University of Tennessee Women's Rowing Team. Uh, it's been a great start to the fall season with coach Kim. How are you doing today?
1: Great, great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. So you have been a coach at San Diego, at SMU, at UCF, all these great teams and you know it it'd be great to talk about what the team at Tennessee is like right now. So you're the head coach there at your first season. What's the overall team culture looking like? Because you've had two, you've had the previous team at Tennessee there. A lot of those girls are still there and you're, you're combining two teams basically into one Tennessee team. So what is that like for you as a coach?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Actually, we have a, a great group with uh, women that were so excited to come over and, and continue the success and what we were building um, over at, you know, SMU and, and they came um, super excited uh, to, you know, come. Um, they came with us and uh, we have the Tennessee, like you said, the t- women that were here at Tennessee um, that were just super excited for uh, new coaching staff to come in and, and kind of build off of some of the things they were doing and and see more success. And so it's been a really fun group to, to work with and, and blend together. Um, And like you said, actually having two teams blend into one, I think a lot of people, um, asked me like Kim, how are you gonna? You know, how is it gonna happen? How are you gonna blend them together? You know, are you, is your staff nervous about that? And you know, is the is the two cultures gonna mesh well? And and honestly, they're awesome. Like I'm, I'm so um, I'm so fortunate. I have you know just a great group of women and uh, you know a lot of great leadership. Uh, going on there with the team and they really do their, they are just um, crack ups. They have a a great sense of humor. They obviously work super hard, but all of them have uh, a lot of sense of humor and they were like, you know, kind of close really on the first few days they really uh accepted each other and did a lot of work to um kind of remember what we talked about about working together and they just they just grasped onto that and it's been really cool to watch as a coach to to see them evolve together so that's been really fun and unique and now i, I don't even think of it as two teams anymore at all at this point of the year Where In December and just you know we're obviously just Tennessee now but in the beginning for sure it was a a a blend and and just having voices from um each of their pasts was really cool to see so yeah
0: a lot happened this past spring your team finished top 10 in the country you received regional coach of the year congrats on both of those but what would you say is your proudest accomplishment out of all the three programs that you've been at and now you're in your fourth year at Tennessee
1: for us as a staff, that was it was a really great achievement because it just, we you know, that's where we do combine conferences, um, you know, with the Big Ten. Region Four is the Big Ten and the American together. And so, you know, at NCAAs, obviously we finished, um, you know, in the varsity ahead of those. Um, I, and as a team, I, I headed the, you know, the Big Ten region. So that was a huge achievement. Building the programs is something that I love to do. So I think people ask, you ask, like, you know, what are you most proud of? And I, I think that's, you know, building, taking programs from a school or a rowing program that doesn't have a name and doesn't have, you know, that attention that, naturally is is um received from recruits, building those programs into a place where people want to be, and if people want to get a people a place where they know they're going to develop and they know they're going to succeed and and so. I think last year was a, a, last spring was a great example of like, Hey, you can take a program from, you know, whatever, whatever it is in the country, 90th in the country to, you know, seventh in the varsity eighth, ninth as a team and be a place where people want to be and, you know, achieve those goals. And so that's what we're here to do at Tennessee. And um, we're really excited about that. So I'd say those are some of my things that I'm, I'm most proud of. You know,
0: there's definitely a correlation between strong coaches and strong rowers and I noticed on your team's website there were around six coaches on your staff, and a majority of them followed you from SMU to Tennessee. I was just wondering if there was a reason for that, and if certain coaches on your staff specialize in different things to impact the overall student-athlete development.
1: One of the reasons I, I did leave was just obviously um, you don't you, you don't want to just support yourself. You want to make sure your staff is supported as well. And there was a lot of opportunity to add extra staff with the new NCA rules. Um, And also, you know, get some salary increases and things like that and resources for them. So that was something we really worked hard on in the move, um, in the negotiation process at Tennessee. And it does make sure it kind of follows our student athlete development. So we have a lot of staff that works hand in hand with the student athletes. Um, So they always feel like they're getting a lot of personal attention. It's something we really work on with them. And, And so we have a super strong staff. Um, you know, and in particular, um, you know, everybody has their own specialties.
0: Now the facilities that you have at Tennessee are one to none, obviously, you now as a power five conference school now power Four, the PAC 12, basically being disintegrated. Um, yeah. but what are that like for the athletes? So when you're pitching to recruits and to other people who are on, join the team at Tennessee, how do you establish what this team is truly like besides the official visit?
1: Yeah, to be honest, it's, it's unreal. Um, you hit it. You know, I, I was. I'm happy that you brought that up with the facility. It was one of the reasons that I was. Um, so excited when when Tennessee did call about the job. I've everywhere I've coached, I've been off campus, so I've always had to commute to a boathouse. And some of them were shorter, some of them could get kind of a little bit longer. Uh, but you know, when I when there was an opportunity to be at a place where the boathouse was right on campus and not just kind of any boathouse, a very unique, uh, beautiful three-story boathouse right on the Tennessee River, it was just a no brainer for me Um, from a coach's perspective and a student athlete's perspective. It's just, there's only so many hours in the day. Right. And, and a coach is trying to be super successful and athletes trying to be super successful. And if they're just in a car wasting time commuting or trying to figure out or wasting, you know, a bus time commute, um, on the bus, I know some teams, you know, I, I admire them at how much they time, you know, how much time they spend um, commuting on a bus. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know how they do that, you know, and we're just really blessed and so fortunate to have the boathouse right on campus. So, you know, you have campus right above us. We're right behind. Um, The football stadium, which is super, super neat um, and right on the river. And that's been a huge, huge advantage for us, Um, especially, you know, we definitely felt it coming from the, the people who came, you know, from from Dallas coming over. We definitely felt a change there and just having more time in the day from a coach's perspective and an athlete's perspective to focus on Being an athlete and getting recovery and, and, you know, using the resources, you can actually use the resources right on campus too. So you said it, you know, being a part of a, you know, now, which is power four, you want to, you want to maximize using the resources um, and you want to make sure that the student athletes can Um, have those resources be accessible. And so to be right on campus, they can, you know, use the the resources down at the boathouse, but then also like athletic training resources that are up on campus and obviously big food tables um, that are up on campus. And, you know, they have their athlete only dining hall and things like that. That's just so accessible to them and they're right there. So there's, there's nothing like that, um, which, you know, that I've been at um that I've been able to coach at, fortunate to coach at. So that was a huge game changer for us. Any place I've coached at, um, you know, it never started off with their name. You know, SMU when I picked them up, you know, we were, I think, ranked you know 90 something in the country. And um San Diego, same thing, like the name wasn't there. So having to um recruit and 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 work with your athletes and 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 really provide the atmosphere where they can become a better rower and develop, um, as a great rower and as a great person, um, is something that we really try to focus on. And I've really tried to carry with me at all the programs I've been at. And I think no coach is perfect. No atmosphere is absolutely perfect. So, um, but I definitely, you know, definitely feel that we have done our best and I do try to do my best, whatever program I'm at to make sure that we're really developing the student athlete and educating them on, you know, being great people, but, obviously awesome rowers and awesome athletes and and helping them with that.
0: certainly and you talked about your staff and how important every person on your coaching staff is to you as a coach keeping the program running right and uh, one of the things' I've, I've seen that at SMU and even Texas or other programs around the country is the the power of the walk- on. Program,
1: so. Yeah, Coach B is w- working with our novice group right now, and you know, being at Tennessee, we have some um, very strong athletes on campus, which is awesome. And so we are, you know, developing the walk-on program. But I have to be honest, every school I've been at previously to that, you know, the the walk ons weren't as as heavy. I was at some smaller schools. Um, I think, you know, back in the early days of UCF, I was part of the uh, I was assistant at part of the staff that went to that built the team for the first ever NCA appearance and things like that. And we did have a, a large walk on squad because it's just a larger school. But um, in the past, you know, I've developed programs uh, to the top you know, 15 in the country and, you know, or even SMU top 10 in the country um, you know, off of very little walk on. So I don't know if that, you know, I think it, you can either use it to your advantage or not. Um, but I think to provide opportunity for women to learn the sport of rowing, um, at the university uh, is awesome. And I think, you know, um, I think a lot of coaches talk about the fact that it is harder to, to work up into those top NCA boats as a walk-on nowadays, but it's still, um, a very unique sport where, you know, a lot of teams still have some walk-ons there, which
0: is cool. And so you have a coxswain coach, Colleen, on your team. She's a former coxswain. How much of a benefit is that to you, uh, being a coach, knowing that your coxswains are going to have someone that has been in NCAAs, knows how to command a boat, and just teaching all these little skills that you need as coxswains?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Colleen's another one of my coaches and and, and she came um, over. She was one of the first uh, first assistants to jump right away and wanted to be here. Um, she, she uh, it, I do really feel very strongly about coxswain coaches. I think um, at the end of the day, like I said, our biggest focus is developing the student athlete. And, you know, I was a rower and I know how to, I definitely absolutely know how to coach a coxswain. But no matter what I say, I am not, I've never been in that seat, you know. I've never spent the time in that seat, besides maybe one uh, joke of a practice, right? But I've never um, been in that seat. It, it wasn't my, um, you know, expertise, and so to have someone that is really helped uh, take in a program and develop um, the program with me to go to the NCAA championships, to have someone that knows what we're looking for, but also knows, um, how to relate to the student athletes. That's really huge for us. And, and, you know, we, we think that's a a huge opportunity for a lot of coxswains out there that want to learn and develop. Um, they're, they're going to learn so much here at university of Tennessee, um, because they do have that background of her coaching them, which is awesome. So
0: certainly that must help with recruiting as well because
1: yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah i think um you know everybody wants to learn no matter what level the recruit is at they want to learn and get better at their sport and are excited about it so um to be able to it, it's it's a no-brainer i i have an amazing staff actually of coaches a lot of them um some of them have been with me for a long time and um you know but they you know and, and could be head coaches um now and you have an amazing staff um but uh, that's something that they all are eager to learn from all of those guys. Um, so definitely, definitely not a one man show here for sure.
0: That's fantastic. So a day in the life of a student athlete at Tennessee, the women wake up in the morning to get ready for practice. What is that like from what you've heard? <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, obviously, I I can't speak for them and and their mornings and things like that. But what I do know, um, some of the feedback I've gotten right away, even from people that have had the change, um, just the resources that are here for them is awesome. And I know that um, a lot of people would have to, you know, back, back in all the schools I've coached at and and no, no offense to them at those schools. But you know, it's really hard to, to to find the resources for food and they're always hungry and things like that. And here, you know, they can go to an athlete only dining hall and get free breakfast in the morning. Um, It doesn't matter what type of scholarship they're on. They get a free breakfast in the morning and they're able to, to get that breakfast and be fueled up for the day and hit practice. Um, We also really do work our, we work very closely. We work really hard as coaches and as, as, as a team to create a schedule that is Really doable for them to get breakfast to get a little bit more sleep, things like that. Um, we really focus on that and that it's really hard and challenging with a, a larger team to do that and make sure um they're in the classes that they want, so we work together real hard to to formulate that plan, but they are set up for the day and and for practice, which is 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 awesome and then obviously, like after practice again, I think they really do a great job at utilizing the resources of um, University of Tennessee here. they they have what you need to be successful and are able to take advantage of the resources that they have here to make themselves better athletes and recover and fuel up. And um, they definitely use it in a good way. You know they're they're they work hard to make sure that they can have that accessible to them.
0: You know, I'm realizing now that there was unfinished business with you and the girls at SMU. And you know, even though that you left and you got another job at Tennessee, Those girls wanted to follow you and continue on with the goals that you set forth when they first started at school. And each year for NCAAs, SMU kept on improving. So I'm sure that they just wanted to continue with that with you at Tennessee.
1: Last spring was just phenomenal. Um, you know, we went in to really build, had a lot of goals at SMU to build the program. Um, and we're able the two years before to finish in the top 12 and and fell short of the top 10, but that was our, our long, you know, our, our goal at the program and, uh, let this past spring, we were able to, um, you know, not only hit that ninth in the country and and surpass a, a lot of teams, but also just, you know, seventh in the varsity eight and winning the petite final was just, you know outstanding for them um to finish seventh in the country. and And so that was, definitely joint effort with the team and the staff. And that's why I was so fortunate to have so many that, you know, just wanted to come, like, let me talk to my coach. I want to come, I want to go. Like, it was just so awesome to see those people that, that came. Um, Cause those were the people that, the, that built that came, came with us at here here at Tennessee. Um, but it was, it was really awesome to have that year and um, just have the success, um, especially because of where SMU came from. You know, a lot of people, don't remember, you know, or, or don't know how far, you know, how far up on the ranking uh, SMU's to be. And so it took us a little bit to get, you know, down there and get in the top 15 get in the top 12 and be in the top 12 and be there. Um, so it was really nice to, to really, um, you know, get those races in that we really needed to get in to, to show where our
0: speed was. And how long did it take to form that varsity eight last year? Was it a boat that's been a set lineup for the entire spring or when did you realize as a coach that this was the boat sent you to the NCAAs?
1: Yeah, um, to be honest, that boat, you know, no, that definitely wasn't one that was set. I was always looking for speed. I knew, I knew we had it. Um, and that's something that's always that's, a, that's something that's always a struggle. Like, you know, we had, I had some races where I put, you know, different people in and wasn't sure. And it didn't, you know, always go the best. I know coaches always have that throughout the season. Um, but I always, you know, I always strive to just find in, in that order, the first eight, the second eight, the four, and um, we we work on it all year to make sure it's, it's, it's absolutely correct. And, and we promise our women that it will be too, you know, we work really hard at the best that we can get it.
0: Have you noticed a, a trend in recruiting from social media?
1: Um, I think so. Yeah, I think I think, uh, you know, women are really interested in what we're doing, and and they want to hear the story. They want to hear of actually got a lot of requests for stuff, which I thought was really interesting. Like people wanted to hear the story of, um, you know, the the women coming over to you know over to Tennessee and why they wanted to come, and you know, just the just obviously we we did a, a great job. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they knew there was more that there was more out there for them. And, and, and so them able to share their story of why they came over and, you know, obviously that's not a coach's story as much as it is an athlete's story. So I think there are some things highlighted there that we had a lot of requests for and, you know um, but yeah, absolutely. I think uh, social media is, is, is been out there more in the recruiting world for sure.
0: And how do you realize that a recruit is going to be coachable and have you had struggles with that? Because you always want to make sure you have someone on your team that wants to learn each and every day. You know, that's not content with how they were yesterday. You know, there's always room to improve there.
1: Yeah. That's a, it's a, that's an interesting and great question. You know, I think maybe, maybe I'm, you know, a little bit different in how I look at it. Like, you know, I've been at schools, like I said, that were, it was, you know, San Diego. And when I was there at the time we did, we were 15th in the country, but, um, for, for quite a few times in NCA appearances, but, um, it, di- it, w- it didn't start that way, and and neither obviously SMU. We no one wanted to come to the school um, at all in the rowing program. So it, it wasn't about finding the most talented recruit or the most talented um, you know um, woman with the best uh, race results or the best erg score, or the best body type. It wasn't about that. It it was about you know talking with the athletes and and um, just you know some are coachable some are more coachable than others right but I think just learning who you're able to work with and and just kind of knowing that or just focusing on I don't know I guess I don't look at athletes and say they're not coachable I think that's what I'm here to teach them to do and I think you know if there is a bad attitude or if they're uncoachable or if they're not learning I don't know I think I look I look towards myself uh, what, what myself or what my staff can do better I guess um and, and less about whether that recruit is coachable because, you know, I think if a woman is doing the sport, they, there's got to be something in her that she wants to learn the sport more or, you know, she likes an aspect of it and maybe it's more for the friends, who knows. But I think um, if I can find that reason of why she's here and, and, and then allow her to be more coachable, then that's what I'll try to focus on. And I just want to have someone that wants to be here and wants to work with us.
0: I think it's great that you're wanting to be there for your athletes. You know, that's, it's very important. What other sports athletes tend to make the best rowers or transition best to rowing?
1: Probably a lot of coaches would agree with me on this sense in the sense of like, obviously, if you have those swimmers that have a great base and have that body type, like that's awesome. I have a lot of endurance background myself, you know, um, obviously ball sport athletes and women that can, can handle, um. You know that intensity; they can also transition really well. So I think it, you know, but it's great to have that base for sure. The cardio um, base.
0: Strong cardio makes a strong rower. Uh, how important is projecting potential when recruiting, especially with multi-sport athletes?
1: I mean, I think it's super important if you're gonna if you're gonna put a lot of I don't want to say pressure. I think scholarship money comes with pressure, right? For the student athlete, for the coaches, for everyone. So I think it is important to project where they can be and what they can do if there's, you know, um, if they are, you know, if, if maybe they have been rowing, but haven't been rowing a whole ton and haven't had the opportunity to develop develop the ERG, then obviously we do need as coaches to really think about potential there. Um, but I think if it's something where they're willing to walk on and learn the sport, um, then kind of finding out their potential is not as
0: much pressure there how has the power of NIL been, or at least with the Lady Vol?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the NLI has been, has been kind of interesting because it hasn't come up too much in recruiting beforehand, but I do think it's coming up a little bit more now. And I think, especially at University of Tennessee, there's a lot of opportunities for women um, because of the Lady Vols is so well-known. Um, obviously, you have the volunteers with the – with the men and women's side, but lady, the lady Vols is their own um, women's side, and there is a lot of opportunity for women. Um, so we do get a lot of questions now, and I think I think it's really important that actually rowers do ask those questions or recruits, like if you know if recruits are listening to that, like go out and ask those questions about what opportunities are for them. Because at the end of the day, a lot of rowers aren't on full schol- scholarships. There's a lot of uh, you know we're equivalency sports, so there's a lot of partial scholarships, and it's a good way to. Um, really supplement some income for them that they could have or a way to get their name out um, even if they're not like a football or basketball player which is pretty awesome.
0: This next question we have here is uh, why did you leave SMU and why did you take your SMU athletes with you when you left but uh, before, you, in, before you start this I want to make sure the transfer portal is like the new thing in, in college for those of you who don't know in other sports it is most people are going to get athletes from a transfer portal than in high school because they're already developed. And I'm not saying that's what you you are going to do or anyone, frankly, but I've seen it. And uh, as many of you may or may not know, Deion Sanders, he was at a, a HBCU called Jackson State, and he got a job offer at Colorado, and he literally changed the entire program, not only the program, but the entire school to where their admissions jumped up by 40% in this, in like a couple months since he started there.
1: Yeah, um, good, good, good questions. And and yeah, I think what you said about, you know, Deion Sanders has been so interesting to watch. Um, yeah, first of all, the reason I left SMU, obviously, I was uh, headed into NCAAs and got a call um, that it was, you know, opening and um, didn't really actually, you know, do anything with it until after NCAAs. I was just fo- so focused on, you um, you know, doing what our setting out to reach our goal. And and that was our main focus and that's what we did. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really, 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 you know, um, interesting, um, opportunity in the sense that like, I've had a lot of other jobs every year. It's not surprising to, to, to have a job offer. Um, you know, I was involved in a high, a lot of high level jobs in the past and actually won the right the year before that I turned down, um, and have turned down a lot of jobs over the years, but, um, you know, Tennessee was, was, they made it really hard to turn down in the sense that. Um, you know, obviously SMU provided uh, what we needed to to reach our goals there. And and I'm very grateful, super grateful for that opportunity and everything that they allowed me to do and, and work with there. You know, however, you know, there is there is a limit sometimes in, in what you need and where you can go. And and um, so when Tennessee came along with the opportunity, the main reason was, you know, the, the setup and the resources that Tennessee has and being part of. The power for and, and you know, obviously there's a lot of unknowns with our conference at SMU and just um, just the, but mainly the support um, from a perspective, you know, is a, a shared boathouse with uh, two other programs and, you know, high school programs and just a very different setup. Um, we talked about the boathouse being on campus um, at Tennessee, and that's something that was huge that, you know, we didn't have those opportunities, but but a lot of opportunities for the recruits that I was recruiting and the athletes that I was coaching to to develop. And that's something that's super important to me when, when I'm recruiting. So having that behind me at the school um, is just amazing. And, and um, the, you know, the admissions at Tennessee have gone up a lot, not because of me, just they've gone up. Um, we have a new athletic director, Danny White. He's amazing. Um, and Tennessee has won um, the best you know, best sports in the SEC on um, the last two years. And, and there's been a lot of attention on University of Tennessee. So it was a great place to to come and be at. So it's super exciting time to be at Tennessee. And, um, you know, with as far as my athlete go, athletes go, the the way the transfer portal works and and when you leave, the, the bummer is I coached some of those women for – four years and, or, or three years or a long time, and then automatically you can't even talk to them. So it's pretty it's pretty harsh. You have to call them and just basically say goodbye, we're leaving and with the administration on the call. And so it's, it's very um, short. And so after that, uh, it just, you can't talk to anyone until they're on the transfer portal. Um, so that was just kind of, a little bit of a waiting game to, to see if they're going to be on the portal. And then obviously, um, you know, the minute I called them, they're like, coach, we want to come with you. We want to come with you. And, and so it was really exciting to, to have that. And I felt super blessed to have um, the community and the, the support uh, behind me and coming to Tennessee and, and um, you know, just knowing the resources I could provide for them coming over comparatively to where I was at was um previously was was really special too so it was a pretty unique and cool opportunity and they want to come and, and do what they did you know and help build Tennessee to where we want to be
0: that's great uh this week you have your junior day for the class of 2025 in high school uh, how have you been preparing for that because I I've just heard that it's not on zoom it's on campus uh So, so how's that been?
1: Yeah. You know, we, uh, we had a lot of requests for um, people to come in and so we're like, okay, let's just do, do a day here. And obviously it's uh, getting, getting, you know, to the closeout of, you know, finals and, and um, coming up in in December um, and the closeout of school. So it's kind of a little end of the fall um, opportunity to, to show them campus and show them the river and, and, and show them what we have here. So we're, we're super excited and, and obviously a big part of, Part, uh, part of that day is just meeting the staff. Like I said, we have, I've mentioned a couple of times that we have an awesome staff and, you know, we have um, several, you know, people that came with me from the old program and then some new people as well that are just great. And it's, it's, it's a really amazing community um, to, for, for, for people to become successful. And so we have the opportunity to show the juniors that even if it's a quick day, we get to show them what it's like here. So we're excited for that.
0: And you just dropped your schedule for the spring today. Uh, are you excited for the, I think the first race against Louisville, is that right?
1: Yeah, um, we are we are racing Louisville's scrimmage there just to kind of kick off, kick off the year. Um, and so that's kind of exciting. And, you know, we we haven't done much this fall, um, which, like you said, it, a lot of it was the focus on kind of uh, making sure everybody is developing in the way that they want to and working with the team together and bring bringing themselves as together as a team. So it'd be awesome to get out there and, and start racing. And we're really looking forward to the season and just show what we can do at Tennessee.
0: You think about all these major teams in rowing, men's, women's rowing with Cal or UW or Princeton or any of these big teams, right? And with women's rowing, Texas gets involved in there. Stanford gets involved in there. SMU was in that discussion as well. And um, you finished top 10 in the country. And can we talk about how SMU actually surpassed these powerhouse teams? I mean, that's a discussion right there.
1: It was awesome to get up there and, and get seventh in the country and, and surpass a lot of teams. You know, there's a lot of uh, teams in that heat, like, you know, Cal, Virginia, Brown, um, Michigan. And to be able to, you know, to to win and get seventh in the varsity eight was just a huge achievement for them. And, you know, a lot of people were asking, oh, what you know, if we go, you know, right when I was leaving, oh, if we go to the ACC conference, like, you know, are you afraid to race in that conference? And it's like, well, no, the eight just beat the everybody in the ACC. You know, SMU, we just we just did that. Except obviously, if Stanford came over, that would change. But um, you know, we're definitely not afraid of racing. And I think at Tennessee. Um, that's, you know, that's the group that came came with us that loves to race and loves to be competitors. And they're here with us now those those women that achieved that, um, like majority of them are here with us now. So that's what we're going for um, in the, the top of the championships.
0: And are you pretty close with all these other coaches and different teams as well? Well, it's, it's
1: super interesting in rowing. Um, you know, I feel like we don't race as much as some of the other, like like a basketball team. Um, they, you know, they play a lot of games or baseball. So, you know, they, they have a lot of crossover. Or they played, you know, professional sports together. Like, you you know, you reference. it's like we have men and women in rowing that may have never rowed together because they were on the men's team or the rowing team. And um, it's, it's interesting. You don't get as much exposure um, to those coaches. But I, I think the coaches that you work with uh most often with races you you get to see them more often or coaches that you meet when you're younger you carry a lot of relationships through the time so it's it's been interesting i've been um with, you know friends with a lot of coaches over the years in, in different groups um one thing that's been you know a little bit more sad um you know more recently is that a lot of the women over the last decade that i've coached with are all out of out of coaching now so that's been something um you know sad to see and and i, I talked with maddie who did an article in rowing news about that and it, you know trying to hang on to some coaches um on the men's and yeah, men and men and women but definitely on the on the women's um side for sure so um yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, I definitely have always surrounded myself around a lot of um, coaches from other sports, too, because you I always feel like you learn a lot from what different coaches are going through from other sports at the schools. Um, but yeah, there's definitely quite a few um, that I keep in touch with quite often. Um, that is a, is a great resource, especially when they're in the sport of rowing and they know what you're going through, which is pretty awesome.
0: Rowing News throws out a lot of great articles, and one of them I just saw, I might have been rolling news and I hope it's rolling news because I hope I don't mess up the, the wrong company. But I did see something about how assistant coaches are just extremely underpaid in rowing and how it's so tough to to keep assistant coaches because they just can't live in society today with the, the amount of money that they're being given. I was just wondering if if um, you have any ideas to change that or, or any ideas to maybe enlighten the athletic department of why this sport is so it's, it's crucial. I mean, it's the oldest sport in, in the history of college athletics. I mean, it's like, you know, you heard about the story from Rutgers or Princeton, like all these different teams. Um, and then with always title nine, they want to bring more, you know, more access to to sports for the women. And it's just, if they want to keep sports alive, they got to pay coaches a, a salary to keep them, <laughs> keep them alive, you know?
1: Uh, absolutely i mean i think you're you're touching on a subject that's been pretty pretty sensitive and on a hot topic um, in the crta for you know coaching rowing um all head coaches want to want to absolutely keep their assistants in it even even in the sport i mean that's been such it's not only keeping them at your school it's more about keeping them in the sport you don't a lot of a lot of the assistants you know look outside to 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 make more money and so that's something that I know for me personally, I've fought for and have put in, you know, my contracts of, hey, you know, if I get this bonus, you know, the the, the staff gets this bonus too, kind of thing, um, and have really tried to kind of always have them on the front of my mind in negotiations. But um, you know, they the comparing salaries is is what kills us. They keep comparing salaries, and so they they're not going to go up unless they're they're really. Push like push. So I think um, that's something where you know people like you are doing a great job to try to make the sport relevant. And I think that's something that the more relevant we can make the sport, and and you know the more rowing is out there, um, the more you know athletic directors can relate to it, and understand it, and want to support you know the assistant coaches just like they would support assistant coach for soccer or baseball, you know, they, we want them to see rowing in the same light. So that's something that we've worked on. And, and that's from a head coaching salary to, you know, for forever being at smaller schools. And I, I chose that. I did turn down some jobs, a lot of jobs. So that's, that's kind of my fault when it comes to the salary um, that I was at for a while. Um, but, you know, that was something that I always struggled if I wasn't getting paid a lot, then, you know, my assistants weren't getting paid a lot, especially to live in places like California um, so that was a been a struggle for me and and always trying to be creative um with my staff to, you know, get them what they could. Um and and also sometimes camps aren't as accessible to some schools, like a you know, soccer camps make a ton of money. And so some of those assistants are really supplemented um in, in sports like that so we're, we're working on it and we do do um, salary surveys and things like that with the CRCA but we, we need to continue to work on it and keep our coaches in, in this sport and, and keep developing our, our student athletes so
0: do you think that if there was more access to rowing camps not like U.S. rowing rowing camps and like I'm not trying to like name names here but just like talking about a regional camp for athletes in high school to go to to where they either like a couple athletes from each team in the region, or if their coach elects them to say they used to have like the regional challenge cup, I think it was called or something like that where athletes could go to a certain location throughout like each season to be able to get looked at. And college coaches can make ways to different parts of, you know, the country to go scout athletes. I feel like if there's more access to scout rowers, to scout coxswains, to mic up all the coxswains on like a race that they do, or they do a 2K, or they do something interesting to where coaches can see that live. You know, Benderson does a great job of keeping a great, you know, race venue. Like, you can access it, it all. But I feel like if there was more ways to scout athletes so that college coaches can see the athletes in person, right, that would be that'd be a great way to, to benefit the sport. And not only that, they just, like you said, the camps, it just, there got to be more going. Like, there's so many other sports that are doing all these camps and clinics and things like that. Where's rowing? <laughs> Where is rowing doing it? Why is rowing not doing it? We have great waters all throughout the country. We have we have the tools to get boats, to get oars down there. Why aren't we doing them? Like it's it's like why, you know? Ever thought about that?
1: Yeah, I mean I think I think there's been you know there's been certain years where we've tried with you know college teams have tried with the nike camps and we try to make that go and you know i know you know some years i ended up doing all sports camps because it was hard at you know san diego it's hard to just do rowing camps because financially just like the you know driving back and forth the boathouse and setting it up was was challenging from a fiscal perspective perspective so i think we haven't solved it you know like it's a great point and i'm just trying to figure out how not to be negative and say like we really haven't solved it um
0: if negative is if that's the answer, then that's the answer. I mean, you, you, not everything has to be amazing. You know, it's just reality. We need to do a better job to
1: possibly get more exposure um, to, to younger athletes on campuses. And I, I you know, we, we actually are working with one camp right now that was interested in coming to Tennessee because it's such a great spot to row. Um, but we do need to, I do think we need to do a better job of, of getting more involved and um, continue to set up opportunities for high school athletes to get a look. We do, we do try, college coaches do really try to get out there, but I think the more we can do to get um, them exposed um, so college coach can take a look at them and communicate with them, that'd be great.
0: Uh, NCAA changes just changed up to keep changing all these different things, but now they have to where juniors can get recruited earlier. It's a whole year in advance. Have you seen benefits to that as a coach?
1: I think in the sport of rowing, uh, there's still, you know, the high school athlete is still a little bit later to decide where they're going to go to college than, you know, maybe a basketball player or even soccer players that are committing a lot earlier. That's always been a been a thing over the last handful of years, um, but I do think um, that now they are starting to look earlier, and especially. Um, you know, at the time of, uh, you know, is the ACT optional? Is it not? Is the SAT optional or not? Is it mandatory or not? I think that's changed a little bit of how the student athletes are applying to schools and what schools are looking at. And now a lot of them are reintroducing the test, um, test taking. And so I do think having the option of of starting early is better. It doesn't um, lead to that last minute race their senior year to make a, a huge decision. Uh, so I think that's been really nice for them. Um, you know, I also think it, it can be uh, it can be a really tough decision to make when you're really young. So I think finding that balance is is super important.
0: I love to know uh, if you listen to this podcast in June after NCAAs, What is one thing that you're preaching to yourself into existence, you're manifesting? What do you hope that you've accomplished by June? One just just one thing. It's one thing.
1: We have so many goals as a team. Like, there's just so much that uh, we want to do as a staff and as as um, the student athletes and as a program. Um, but I think if I if I had to pick one thing, it's that we all were able to, which we already are doing, but we all were able to come together to the very best of our abilities to to reach that goal for this year like we have to take each year for what it is and um you know take it step by step and and where we want to be and so um you know at the end of that that moment hopefully at NCAs um this year we were able to reflect and be like, okay, we did that. That was what our goal was. And we did that as a team and, and, and we did that well. And so that's, that's super important to us. Um, and that's a big focus as a team. We, we work together as a team day in day out. Um, not when I, and I always, when I say team, I mean, coaches too, like the coaches we're not, it's not a, you know, you know, dictatorship here where we were a unit and a group and we really work together. So I hope at the end of the day, we all can look back and reflect that like, okay, okay, this is what we set out to do. And, and we did it.
0: Well, I just wanted to say that I'm super excited for, for your team to, to crush it this year and to uh, definitely boost up in the rankings and to beat NCAAs. That's the goal. Uh, you have a strong, strong, strong history of building up teams and Tennessee was at a, a, a good standing last year, but I'm sure we the athletes that are there prior to you joining there are all wanting to beat NCAAs and to do that. So I'm excited for it. A lot of people are, and, uh, I just wanted to say thank you for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, love to see you on the show later down the line, maybe after the spring season. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Again, this is uh, Kim Capini. She's the head coach at University of Tennessee. Coach, thanks very much.
1: Thank you. Awesome. Awesome.